early last June, our staff got together to evaluate the program year that was then coming to a close and begin to plan for the program that is now beginning. We envisioned this Sunday, Homecoming Sunday, the Sunday when people would re return from their travels and summer hibernations as a celebration, a kickoff. As a matter of fact, having decided to offer everybody ice cream Sundays, we were going to call it Sunday Sunday. Then it became, began to dawn on us how inappropriate that was, that this day, September 11th, was the 10th anniversary of the attacks in New York. The thing that fascinated me as I shared that embarrassing realization with parish leaders in Ridgefield and beyond, how many others of them had gone through the same planning process and had neglected to remember what day this was. The only conclusion that I could draw was that the events of that day were so hugely large and continue to be so hugely large in all of our lives that we still are in shock that we have not begun in many serious ways to move beyond them or to understand their meaning. Regardless, today is a, an important day to stop and remember. Our Connecticut bishops have asked us to read a pastoral letter from them this Sunday. In part, the letter reads, Dear sisters and brothers in Christ, our lives were radically changed by the terrorist attacks of, a sem of <clears throat> September 11, 2001. Many among us lost family members, co-workers, and friends. Others survived to give witness to the horror of that day and the bravery of the first responders. Many people from this diocese became volunteers at Ground Zero and stayed with that work for months. Episcopal churches in Connecticut opened their doors for prayer in ways we had never seen before. And we reached out to persons of other faiths, often in silence and with tears, to seek God and a pathway of new understanding and reconciliation. Over these 10 years, we have been a nation at war. Men and women 
of our communities have served in the armed services across the globe at great risk and great sacrifice. The costs and casualties of the war on terror have been huge. The 10th anniversary of September 11, 2001 gives us a focused moment for remembering those who died in the attacks of that day, their families, and communities who still bear the loss, those who responded with such courage and bravery, and those who serve their country now, and the families who wait at home. The bishop's letter continues, and I will return to it before the end of my remarks. But now a couple of thoughts of my own. Virtually all of us remember where we were on that day when we became aware of the tragic and horrific events. The images of that day are indelibly seared in our memories, even if we have not watched one of the more than 40 major TV shows broadcast this week recalling those events. I want to share a few thoughts from those memories. Almost immediately after the collapse of the towers, certainly before the dust settled, letters to the missing were hung on the fences surrounding the destruction. Others placed pictures photographs or drawings of the missing on those fences or at the firehouses where they had worked. As soon as the facts became known, the New York Times began publishing short biographies, obituaries of those known to have died. It is easy to miss how very important those actions were and are. This kind of evil only occurs when someone has taught other human beings to objectify and dehumanize those who they will attack, made them into nameless, faceless, others, even when we think about our enemies, maybe especially when we think about our enemies, and almost all of us have them, we need to remember that they have names, lives, faces, mothers and fathers, sisters, brothers, uncles and aunts. If we do not do this. We perpetuate the evil. We are part of the problem instead of being part of the solution. We need to name names and remember the lives and stories of those with whom we disagree. As Frank Loge has written, 
Little boys do not stitch together their own clansmen robes. Young girls do not look longingly at vests in shop windows with visions of being a suicide bomber. Somebody has to teach them to dehumanize and to hate. Remembering that everybody has a name, a face, and a story is critical if we want to join God in healing a broken creation. It is so important that we have set aside this day to remember, to name, to share the stories, to honor, and to thank those who served and are serving. Our bishops were accurate when they wrote, over these 10 years, we have been a nation at war, but not only in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Pakistan. After a brief moment of coming together, of unity, of healthy national pride and identity, of working together on most important things, we have been at war with each other. We have forgotten civility, trust, and respect. This terrible cancer is destroying us from within. It has been fed on terror, fear, and anxiety, but we need to find a better way. One of my lasting joys over the last 10 years has been the number of times I have been asked to serve with a senior warden who is a conservative, or even more so, an arch-conservative, and I am clearly a liberal. It has been, for me, proof of the presence of God and the transforming power of love that we have been able to listen to each other, work with each other, learn from each other, and do important things together. Many in the church have not been part of this civility, but it is such a gift when we allow it to unfold. As has been said in some of the most famous funeral orations of human history, what we do and say on this day will not be long remembered. But what we dedicate ourselves to, what we dedicate ourselves to, to being faithful to what we learn on this day, that which is the best and most important values and ideals of our nation and our church, that is the way we honor those who were injured in so many different ways by the events of 9-11 and those who have died. We are gathered here today, at least most of us, as citizens of a great country, which many fear is slipping from the height of its greatness. How can we dedicate ourselves 
not just to the power and wealth of this country, but to its values and ideals that have shined brightest even in our darkest hours. Dedicate ourselves to the fullness of life for all God's people, to liberty and the pursuit of happiness, to democracy and responsible freedom, to equality and justice for all. How can we do this without blaming and rancor, without becoming enemies and victims of one another? How can we do this patiently and faithfully in a way that will honor the best of those who paid the price for what happened 10 years ago today? We also gather here today, at least most of us, as Christians. And here I want to return to the bishop's letter for a moment. Quote, deep within our faith is a reality that God is at work even in the most terrifying circumstances of human life. Hate and terror are not final realities. With St. Paul, we can believe that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. The three lessons read today are to one degree or another about forgiveness, which is so central and was so central to the ministry of Jesus and is central to our own lives and ministries. I am certainly not going to talk about forgiving the terrorists on this day. That is God's work or not. Forgiveness is not forgetting. As a matter of fact, remembering is essential for forgiveness to be an intentional and meaningful action. Forgiveness does not mean not being held accountable. Accountability is essential within the Christian community if it is to be helpful. And I hope people will hold me accountable for my actions as I will hopefully always gently hold others accountable for theirs. Forgiveness does not mean that we should keep living with an abuser. Such a suggestion would be contrary to everything Jesus lived and died for. Forgiveness means letting go of the ancestral right and requirement of revenge. Forgiveness means giving yourself and one another a new start, a new chance. It is part and parcel of the resurrection lives we are called to live. And that is where forgiveness is so important on this day. We can't move on, dedicate ourselves to fulfilling the best of our country's values and the core of our faith if we are stuck in the past. Most Americans 
give every indication of wanting to move on from 9-11. But if we have, why are we so angry at and distrustful of each other? Refusing to forgive, as one wag once wrote, refusing to forgive is like drinking poison hoping the other person will die. Refusing to forgive is like drinking poison hoping the other person will die. Forgiveness enables us to move on and to live our best for God and our country. Now I want to end with a story, as I usually do, and not one about 9-11 particularly, as many as I have of those. There was this old deacon who used to pray when he led the prayers in his Baptist church, Lord, prop us up on our leaning side. Lord, prop us up on our leaning side. Finally, someone asked him what he meant by that prayer. And he answered, well, sir, you see, it's like this. I got this old barn out back, and it's been there a long time. It's withstood a lot of weather. It's gone through a lot of storms, and it's stood for many years. It's still standing. But one day I noticed it was leaning to one side a bit. So I went and got myself some pine poles and propped it up on its leaning side so that it wouldn't fall. Then I got to thinking about that and how much I'm like that old barn. I've been around a long, long time. I've withstood a lot of life's storms. I've withstood a lot of bad weather in my day. I've withstood a lot of hard times. And I'm still here. So I ask, I like to ask the Lord to prop us up on our leaning side. Because I figure a lot of us get to leaning, leaning at times. Sometimes we get to leaning towards anger, leaning towards bitterness, leaning towards hatred, leaning towards cussing, leaning towards a lot of things we shouldn't. So we need to pray, Lord, prop us up on our leaning side so we can stand straight and tall again to glorify the Lord. Lord Jesus, prop us up on our leaning side so we may be more able to join you in the healing of a broken creation. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.